Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. We are ready to take on the challenge of the week before National Keep Smiling Week, May 25th through the 31st. And we have a very integral guest because he is he has actually created a very huge impact in the world. And he is, con- he is considered a strategic partner with us. And he's coming out with a Keep Smiling where he is the first person to alter the logo with his own eye. And so we're going to hear his story and we're going to hear how people influence connections like this because there were a lot of, uh, a lot of things that had to happen for this show to, to occur. And a lot of big things are happening next week as well as beyond because of our lovely guest, Wayne. So Andrea, how are you doing with all the, uh, the events you're he- heading to these days? <laughs> well, I'm, I was joking with Wayne the other day. Uh, it looks like uh, you would think I was be, be juggling balls, but it's more like I'm laying in a pit of them and my eye is out. <laughs> uh, there are so many balls in the air of amazingness. Uh, we're, uh, we're getting all of our authors on publicity. Uh, Ken created a beautiful The Keep Smiling Ambassador page for people who want to be part of the movement and on be Facebook. smile ambassadors. Oh, what did I? Yes, on Facebook. Thank you, sir. And uh, we also have our authors page for all of them to communicate. We're putting things out on social media everywhere and uh, getting, I, I'm actually getting calls from people who are like, what is this? What are you talking about? And th- so the activity and buzz is happening. So uh, pinch yourself, Ken, this is happening. What? Your dreams come true. Hey, I got it. I got to <laughs> tell you, I was kidding around with, uh, with Zoom, I, I contacted him. I said, Hey, why don't you remove the chat feature just to make things a little more challenging during COVID. And <laughs> And they took me seriously. They removed it. And I hope they don't take me seriously on my next one because I sent an email like a couple of days ago. Why don't you remove mute and video? And so I'm hoping, <laughs> I hope they don't take those ones out because it's getting rough out well, here. You know, Ken, you are a very serious leader and we know that people listen to you. So sometimes you got to take your jokes a little differently because people well, are going to take you serious. <laughs> for, for the listeners who are hearing us, we do not have chat today. So we're going to be holding up cards during the show and just trying to communicate. But chat is a very essential feature. And uh, Zoom in their infinite wisdom said, you know what, during COVID, let's remind them that they have things to be grateful for chat. So I want to, uh, I want to tell zoom. Thank you very much. First of all, seriously, thank you, zoom and the leader, the founder of zoom, because you've provided an access, a way of not doing social distancing, because that's not the correct term. When you actually go out, it's not social distancing, it's physical distancing, physical distancing, and you are socially connecting with virtual experiences like zoom. So we love our zoom. Um, I hope they take me seriously also that we'd like them to be a partner with us for the Q Smiling movement during National Q Smiling Week. Those little Zoomers. <laughs> so Can you imagine funny. if every well, Zoomer we- held a card? Every Zoomer in the world had a card right now. Just imagine one, one of these cards, by the yeah, way, a yeah, yeah, smiling yeah. card, not a random, Hey, we got five more minutes. Hello. Yeah, don't forget yeah, to go well, break or, or an index card or an index card is blank. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. But can, I want you to just take a second. Imagine 7 billion people holding a card right now. Just take Let's take a second. Ooh. Okay. Oh, Wayne's oh, coming in. Oh, Wayne's coming in with some big news. <laughs> All right. So um, a moment of quietness. Oh, listen to that. Seven billion people holding the car. Well, I am so excited to bring in Wayne. And we have, we're going to let you tell you what, after the show, everyone can take an hour of silence just to be with that thought. Just an hour. Okay. <laughs> I want to bring Wayne great. in. Because remember last time we did an hour of silence and the guest was so mad at us because he was like, yeah, they were like, what? I didn't, yeah, that, was, there was yeah, that was, there was no reason to even be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank our sponsors for bringing us our voices today um, and, and not the silence. And that's Big Events USA. Uh, that's Voice America Influencer Channel, The Red Carpet Connection, The Umbrella Syndicate, and of course, the movement, The Keep Smiling Movement. And, and, yeah, and Ida. And Ida. Invisible Ida, Disabilities. And there. In, Hell in, yeah. Invincible, invisible uh, Disabilities. Yes. Thank you. Well, Invincible Invisible. Disabilities. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> Wayne's like, what am I, I going to do here? <laughs> I, well, you know, the, I just kind of went there. You know, it just happens. You guys are invincible. All right. So Wayne Cannell, the founder, president, and CEO of the Invisible Disabilities Association, established IDA in 1996 out of the desire to educate friends and family about his wife, Sherry's debilitating illness. Soon afterwards, people around the globe began sending emails sharing how Ida had changed their relationships with their loved ones. He's co-author of the book, But You Look Good, How to Encourage and Understand People Living with Illness and Pain. His background fueled his passion for help, helping people live with illness, pain, and disability, and his experience includes that of a professional, multitasking husband caregiver with an extensive background in management, media, and technology. And this man's on a mission, quickly launching Ida into a worldwide outreach for millions living daily with invisible disabilities. He obtained a BA in TV and radio broadcasting and computer information systems in 1990, and his passion for technology allowed him to become a multi-award-winning senior manager with Radio Shack and was a general manager and first employee of their largest store, Tech America in Denver. Wayne left Radio Shack in 99, moved into telecom planning and engineering with US West, QS, TW Telecom, and finally Level 3 in 2014. And now he's with Telecom Assets for Dish Network Satellite Broadcast and Sling TV as a staff technical program manager. And he was promoted to senior manager of the television infrastructure team in December of 2018. And he loves volunteering. He really focuses on really caring about other people. And he has been all over the world speaking about the wonderful things that he can do to help people with invisible disabilities. We're so happy to have you here. Woo, Wayne Cannell. Oh, man, thank you very much. Hey, nice. Wayne. Where, where else are you going to be called lovely? You know? <laughs> hey, I mean, and a big on, shout out. Awesome. And a big shout out to Law. Law is our uh, production person at uh, Voice America. It goes by Aaron, but today he's going by Law mm-hmm. for lovely Aaron. So awesome with that. Hey, I want to thank you, Wayne, for shortening your bio because when we read the first one, you were almost at break. So, and you had fallen asleep. Remember we did our rehearsal and you fell asleep because it was so long. So thank you for shortening <laughs> that down a little bit. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> so, Wayne, a lot has happened in the last month or two with uh, a lot of little dots that were connected back in the day. I mean, right. So, I guess, is there a dot before Peter Stropel that we needed to discuss? Well, the dot, really. I mean, we go back to my, uh, my, my lovely wife. Uh, well, that's really where the lovely starts. That's where the lovely starts. Good job. Exactly right. <laughs> I met my, met my wife, Sherry, in 1992. Yes, as a customer at my radio shack. Oh, you know, fun. And of course, I did that wonderful thing. I sent her a thank you note for buying $5 worth of cables. Right? <laughs> I was going to ask you what she bought. Like, was she there for a light bulb? <laughs> no, no, she bought cables. She was a she was an actress and a singer and a musical theater major. And and um, we uh, had an opportunity to go out on a big group date. And uh, she shared with me about in uh, 91, she was diagnosed with primary progressive multiple sclerosis. That's really MS with no good days. Um mm-hmm. And in 92, after we started dating, she was diagnosed with um, Lyme disease, which we can trace back to when she was 14. So really at the age of 27, she was no longer able to work, multiple college degrees, you know, all these things. And uh, so we got married um, in 94, 9494. I didn't want to forget the date, you know, us guys need to figure that out. So um, yeah, I was planned. It was definitely planned, right? And uh, d- dragged her down the aisle. We married, got married, and uh, that's a uh, lovely vision, by the way. We dragging her down the aisle. <laughs> you know, now, if if now I got a question for you, Wayne. Had she not had Lyme disease, would you have pushed off the wedding a while? Um, had it no seems idea. like okay because it you seems know, like I, didn't, more... I did not marry her because of her illness at all. Um, right. She was funny and smart and gorgeous and. And funny and smart and gorgeous and, you know, did I say gorgeous? <laughs> was it, wasn't yes, sure if did. I said that. So, I love um, the way you talk about I her. mean, everything about her was just, you know, this is the girl I, I want to marry. In fact, the day she was in my store, I told one of my employees, I said, I'm going to marry that girl. And um, That's so, cool. uh, so it, it, in, in 1996, um, we would, uh, she coined the phrase invisible disabilities because we'd park in accessible parking and people would scream at us. She wasn't in a wheelchair at the time. She had been in a wheelchair originally when she was uh, um, diagnosed because her legs had both gone paralyzed, but she was in pain from head to toe, brain fog, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, bone crushing pain and those things. And so people, um, uh, they didn't, they couldn't see it. And so we, uh, I said, wow, that's a great name for it. Invisible disabilities. That makes sense. Um, and being a techie guy uh, and her being this amazing writer, she wrote some pamphlets about uh, one called don't judge by appearances. I love the last line. Uh, 
the person you're graciously trying to defend may be standing in front of you, right? Because that's why people get mad about people parking in accessible parking spots because they want the right person to park there. And the problem is, is that we don't know who's right to park there. If they have the placard, then they have the right to park there. But um, so we launched a website in 1997. Um, we had 20,000 people a month coming to our website. If you can imagine that, hmm. it was incredible. What people don't know is, is that guess who came around in 1998? Google. So Google didn't even exist in 1997. So, you know, all those old fashioned sites, I don't know if it's AOL or Prodigy or CompuServe or wherever, how they found it. But people with invisible disabilities were early adopters of the internet, I believe, because they were trapped in their homes due to their illnesses. All of a sudden now they had a window to the world and an opportunity to, to uh, be, be with other people. And so Ken, what's fascinating is, is people always asked my wife, so what's different about COVID? And the reality is nothing. Wow. In a sense, for her, you know, she's been social distancing for decades. And so we want to remember these people that before COVID, they were in their homes during COVID and after COVID. And we want to make sure we remember them after COVID because they still are alone and isolated and we need to be there for them. All right. So that brings up a lot of questions. Question one is there's about 7 billion people in the world. You told me a startling uh, stat of how many people actually have invisible disabilities. Yeah, it's about 1 billion. About 1 billion. That is yeah, it's, it's actually the largest minority group. Yes, that's what I wanted to get to. And I know in 1991, you were just born. In 1992, you met your wife. But just, just right. pretend, let's pretend that there was a little bigger gap between your birth and 1992. Can, can you share, Mr. Humble One, who you are, where you were born, and how you actually became this amazing person? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was born in, uh, I was born in 67 in uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, and uh, so I'm a native Coloradan. Um, I had an amazing childhood. Um, I had a, two brothers, had an adopted sister. My parents had adopted her from Korea and um, which was pretty amazing. We all, our house was always full of uh, foster children. So we grew up with a very diverse uh a group of group of people, um, group of kids, you know, very vibrant. And then at uh, three and a half, my parents got a divorce, and my sister went off uh, with a went off to some other foster families. Um, we ended up moving with my mom, and then my mom got remarried to a gentleman who um, seemed really nice on the outside. Uh, turned out to be an alcoholic, and we moved a bunch in Colorado. About every six months, we moved. Um, we ended up in. Southern misery, and yes, I use the term misery, because that's what it was, living in little teeny towns of, we even lived on a chicken ranch where we had 10,000 chickens. You know, imagine a chicken house that's a tenth of a mile long. But, you know, during that whole time, it was, uh, it was my two brothers and my, and my mom and, and then my crazy stepfather. who, And so uh, we just learned a lot about life in those, those times, right? And eventually, um, uh, my uh, younger brother was born as well during that time. And we, they finally got a divorce, you know, after the pastor, you know, kind of a little on the crazy side. And uh, we did that. And, and then eventually ended up, I ended up moving with my older brothers back to my, my dad in Colorado. Um, he had got uh, remarried. And so I uh, got another new brother in between my two brothers' names. So there was, there was four boys in a home growing up. Mm. In uh, Aurora, Colorado is where we grew up. And so for, I grew up in Aurora from then till, till I graduated from high school. But uh, a lot of uh, good times and a lot of difficult times, right? You know, divorce creates a craziness time as well. Um, older brothers create craziness time for the youngest brother, I could tell you that. Yep. <laughs> you know, but I uh, ended up going to college, uh, Colorado Christian University, getting a degree in TV radio broadcasting and computer information systems. And I really love technology. Uh, we had a computer growing up in 1977. We had a Commodore PET. And people always will tell me, oh, Commodore 64. No, this is before that. Um, this was the same time that the Radio Shack came out and the Apple came out. So love technology. I built crystal radios as a kid. Um, did, Who taught you, know, you just, that? What now? Who taught you that? My dad. My dad was an engineer. So okay. he uh, very much um, uh, loved technology. And I, I learned early in life. Uh, in fact, I shared this at my dad's memorial service the things I learned from dad, um, which is a great little video to watch too, but one of them was always back up your data. 
And you think, well, what does that mean? Well, back then, the only way you put a program in a computer is you had to type it out of a magazine. He spent 12 hours typing a program in and the power went out. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so let's just say all my data is like three, backed up three layers deep nowadays. So, but those are some of the cool things that you learn. And, and um, uh, you know, had some great times as a child and growing up. And my brothers were, were amazing. And, and did anyone in your was, childhood, uh, did anyone in your childhood have invisible disabilities? That, no. No. No, I had no idea about disabilities. Really didn't think about disabilities at the time. Um, until that, uh, that blonde walked into my Radio Shack store after college and, um, and she shared with me the first night we went out, you know, they really talked about her illness. But what happened is, is she'd share about an illness and the guy she was interested in at the time would say, oh, well, very nice to meet you and bye. Um, you know, one of the things that, that people think about illness, we forget about, people go, oh, they just, they just, they just want attention and that's why they have an illness, right? They just want attention. And the reality is um, everybody leaves. So if that's the way you want attention, that's the wrong way to get it because people typically disappear. So um, didn't even think about disability. Didn't think about doing anything along those space. Um, I loved people, always loved people, you know, growing up with difficult uh, things in life. Um, I I remember something, you know, kind of looking back. um, I had an opportunity in junior high to be in what was called gifted and talented which I don't know how gifted and talented we were, but, you know, it was based upon your IQ tests and all this crazy stuff. And, and we were probably mostly troublemakers in that group. But I remember, and I have a scar on my hand as I look back, and this is not one of my proudest moments. I remember making fun of an African-American kid who had a development, development disability, making fun of him, you know. And I look back and go, oh, my goodness, what was I thinking? And I actually have a scar on my hand because he stabbed me with his pencil. <laughs> And I have that scar to today. And what's great about it is I remember that today. And I think now I know why I do this and why people shouldn't treat people less because they have a disability. And so that's really our vision, even of the organization that we founded, Invisible Disabilities Association, that people would be invisible no more. We would treat people the same. Stop treating people less because they're going through difficult times. Well, and that brings up a point. Pencils don't stab people. People stab people. <laughs> I know I have. A, I also have lead in my shoulder from one of my brothers, right? I still have the lead. <laughs> so. All right. So um, that was a great journey. And I guess a little different than perhaps what you had shared in your Keep Smiling book. So just a small little tangent. Um, thank you for being. Okay, a- I'll be rewriting. <laughs> no, you did a great job. That's that's beautiful. I mean, that information is actually what makes a reader understand that there's a human be- uh, that's an author that is just like them. They had to overcome stuff. They have their own challenges and they created something because they were determined. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I had actually assumed that you worked all weekend on this particular, um, you know, conversation already being in your template, but your book comes out next week. So that's pretty cool. Cool. Wow. And, (laughs) and thank you for being one of the people that really brings uh, just a huge quantity of smiles. And thank you also for your technical advice, because one thing our board was missing was some technical prowess. And you have been uh, amazing in finding out where there's glitches and even helping fix them. So thank you very much, Wayne. Well, that's, you know, that's my pleasure is, you know, my passion is really about helping people and sometimes helping people through the technical side. And a lot of it's helping people who are trying to navigate life. Um, when they're trying to deal with something that uh, people don't understand. And so that's a big part of what we're about. And what I'm about is, is that that component. You know, you, you made me come up with a quote for the book, or you asked me to come up with a quote for the book. Right. Yeah, he and, made you. He held a pencil. That was nice. You know what? If you can find a pencil sharpener, you're doing pretty good nowadays, right? <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, I, I come up with this quote, and I really, this is, it, it's more than, it's who I am right? This is part of my life. And the quote is, um, the eyes are the windows to the soul and a heart is a, excuse me, a smile is a reflection of the heart. Mm -hmm. And that really is, uh, that's what a smile does for people. And smile is part of the eyes too, right? I mean, think about it with COVID, you can't see people smiling now because we have masks, but you can still see them smiling because of their eyes. Bring it, Andrea. Tell, Tell them why. 
Uh, yes, uh, because you can't mask a smile, and that's spelled S-M-E-Y-E-L-E. -E -E. We have the domain for that now, and we'll be doing some uh, information around that. Because I also realized during social distancing is people won't make eye contact now because they're like, oh, you looked at me, I'm going to get something. you know. Right. So if we can remember that we can look at people, and if you look here, when this is covered, if you look here, you can see a true smile. Because these little wrinkles here, these are wonderful things to have. They're called zygotic muscles over there yes well i love people that are smizers exercise them you know there are people that are smizers and they smile with their whole face and you can just see it it's just incredible yeah <laughs> and you know what i, I this brings up uh, I, you're a technical person and I, I i'm sure you're on all the the blogs and chats about what's coming out but you know the uh facebook had the uh poke now they have the pencil because people get mad now and so they want to pencil somebody <laughs> so they can actually <laughs> Do you realize that we are maybe potentially saving lives right now by kids having to be online to do schoolwork? Because I was stabbed by the boy I liked in fourth grade. I had lead in my neck. So, well, I don't know if we even know what a pencil is nowadays, unless you unless you work construction. Mechanical. A mechanical one. And I actually have one of those pencil sharpeners that will that will sharpen a square pencil. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's, 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 pretty that's crazy saying something. Get, yeah, because they came out with these flat pencils. Well, that's not, it doesn't work in an old fashioned sharpener. You got to have a special sharpener. I have a multi tool to sharpen my pencil. <laughs> there you go. Well, my son's, my son's doing pencil work every day. I mean, he actually did, he's, yeah, he just did cursive this past weekend. I told wow. him, I said, you got to sign your name. What's going to happen when you get the checks? Again? Yeah. Well, no, I am. I'm teaching, teaching cursive. Oh, you are. Thank well, you. you know, Ken, I remember as a kid. You know, and I was pretty crazy growing up and, and in sixth grade was my like my craziest worst year. And I, I was not I was so bad in science class and and I, I that the teacher actually literally banned me from the class. And um, and so I got to I got to go to go to the library every day. And I remember collecting back then you could buy these pencils that actually had all the sports teams on them. And I had all the football teams and all the baseball teams. I remember that. And we would like trade pencils to try to catch. I mean. Who does that nowadays, right? They don't trade pencils. Well, remember pencil fights? Remember pencil fights? You had to have that nice metal, that nice metal. You sharpened a little bit on the yeah, side. Right. Little Boy Scout tricks. <laughs> hey, so. People still do eraser burns? I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> let's not go. Hey, listen, we've gone enough on a tangent. No eraser, eraser violence. Seriously. Right, exactly right. And, don't uh, do this so, at home. So a lot of people uh, are starting to notice that that little pencil that was edit, it now is looking like a real pencil for penciling people. So it's, uh, it's becoming kind of a violent world in COVID. You right. Know so, <laughs> hey, Wayne, I wanted to talk about Peter Stropel. So you talk, yes. So um, in 2008, we, uh, we launched some, uh, uh, we launched our IDA Invisible Displays Galas. And one of the things we love to do is we love to honor people. Um, we've honored uh, 120 plus people over the years for all host of different things from inspiration and perseverance to great corporations and great uh, other nonprofits. Um, well, a good friend of mine runs a nonprofit and, and had an opportunity to uh, introduce to my friend, Peter Stropel. And so in 2009, I met Peter Stropel in May of 2009 and we had a great, uh, he was out here in Colorado and, you know, you talk about the techie guy. I think I created a brochure for his event, you know, out of just because that's something I wanted to do fun for him. And, and that, that's a give back. I love giving back. And so, Peter, they call him the most connected man in America. And, of course, he doesn't call himself that. That's other people that call him that. And I was like, yeah, is this guy really for real? Well, I, would, I bugged him for quite a while. And I said, hey, can I come down to Austin to spend time with you? And I said, I'll come down on Wednesday and stay through a Saturday. He's like, uh, like I, I've got business dealings to do here. I don't have time to give you, like take you around Austin for, you know, your personal chauffeur or something. Well, he's like, well, how about if you just come down and hang with me at these meetings? And I went, really? And let me tell you, if you've ever seen Shark Tank, that's what it was like for days. I mean, we spent business after business would come in and pitch their amazing ideas. And, and, you know, at the time Peter was working with a group, that's what they would do. They would fund these different businesses and and on that Saturday, it was really fun. We got to go up to Waco, Texas. A friend of ours invited us up. Her name was Donna DeBerry. She was the chief diversity officer for Nike, and she was a producer with Oprah, um, did uh, the plight of uh, uh, women over in Africa with Lucy uh, Ling, I think it was, or whatever her name is. I can't ever get the names right. But Donna was incredible, and she was like, come on up. And we went up there, and we got a chance to meet Stedman. Now, I didn't know who Stedman was. Stedman Graham. Well, I didn't know who yeah, Stedman Graham was. I had no idea who he was. But all I know is he was really tall, and, he, and so I got a chance to meet him, and we got a chance to spend about five hours 
in a hotel um, a lobby just talking about um, the different journeys. And it was just incredible. In fact, I got to share about my story um, with Stedman. And it was really cool as he shared about it. He had a brother who had a developmental disability and how he would actually defend him when they would go down to the, to the five and dime store and places like that. And it was just a great opportunity. And so that was kind of my introduction to Peter Stropel. And, and then I had met a, I don't know, a thousand amazing people because of that conversation. And we gave Peter what's called our, our Founders Award, um, which we give to uh, people that make a difference in the founder my, my life. Of course, my wife got it the first year, you know, since she really was the inspiration in 2008. But Peter received it in 2009. And it was just, it's been a great journey since then. Um, and the journey with Peter through a heart attack and a stroke with him and that he's gone through and um, uh, just uh, the impact we can have on other people. And that's, that's what I love. In fact, a great quote. My favorite quote of Peter's is when in doubt love. Yes. And he is not bashful about saying he loves you. Yeah. He, he is very good about that. Well, we are got, we're going to go to break. So first of all, real quick, uh, Wayne, what is a, what's the site to people follow you, connect with you? And go to invisibledisabilities.org. Real simple. Super. All right, Andrea, give a shout out to our sponsors. Yes, thank you. Our sponsors are Voice America Influencer Channel, The Red Carpet Connection, The Umbrella Syndicate, Big Events USA, and the Keep Smiling Movement. And we'll be back after these messages talking more with Wayne Connell. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, welcome back. This is Ken Roshan. And just in the middle of our first segment, Zoom decided they were going to take recording features out of the uh, <laughs> show, too. So <laughs> it's getting pretty challenging over here. I hope they don't have access to actually removing the video. Please do not do that live. <laughs> All right. So, so those of you who are joining the show, you'll be um, during uh, on radio. Everything will Zoom. Uh, resume as normal those of you who are nice on the us, resume um, yeah thank you um you <laughs> you will not see us at the beginning unless we act it all out again uh so maybe we can create that for you another day so we'll have the second half hour uh all recorded for you and you'll just have to listen to the beginning with us being in still motion well do you remember do you remember where it stopped i mean we got part of the first segment right i i only saw it right at the beginning to make sure that it was recording and then after that i wasn't looking for it or paying any attention Wayne, to it. Wayne, would you so. mind saying everything you said? I don't want to miss one of these things right. being recorded on Zoom. <laughs> I'll play it back again. <laughs> All right. So let's go. Let's zoom forward as we are saying Zoom again. <laughs> so, well, we got new language Google, Zoom, you know. <laughs> I mean, Kleenex is out the picture. By the way, uh, did you see that I actually went like this during, during the segment when I was talking to you? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know why I did yeah. that? You know why I did that? It's like a cough button. It's a sneeze button. Yeah. Because a cough button's the mute. It's... But... <laughs> that was not a good look for you. Ken. Yeah, but I got, I got to tell you, a sneeze, a sneeze I hadn't done on Zoom yet in COVID time. This is my first sneeze today. So you got one live. All right. Awesome. So um, do you have an, an invisible disability? Do I? Yes. Actually, one, I do. Uh, one of them, I have what's called benign positional vertigo. And what benign positional vertigo is, is that where the calcium breaks off in your inner ear and it drops into your fluid. And when it happens, 
Um, if you're laying down on the bed and you turn your head to the right or the left, depending on which side it's on, um, literally the room will continue, will spin. My wow. spin, my eyes will spin too. And um, first time it happened, I mean, they literally, Sherry had to take me to the doctor in a wheelchair because I couldn't like stand. Um, now, it's very, it's very easy to diagnose. Um, and you treat with your head around certain areas and it moves it back down the ear canal. Um, and I take a lot of magnesium, which actually breaks down the calcium, magnesium, calcium. But it's fascinating because a lot of people with vertigo who don't know that they have it and they're misdiagnosed for a long time. They think it's something else like Meniere's or some other type of vertigo issues. Um, and once you get it treated, if you've had it for years, your brain has retrained itself. And so the hardest part is actually retraining how to walk again back when you fix it. It's actually harder coming out of it than it is going into it just because you have to retrain the brain. So um, it's probably from a few head injuries. I've had a few of them. Six, six years old, I fell out of a tree head first and, uh, you know, bled like a pint and a half on the picnic table. And, and um, I've had a few other times where I bumped my head on the concrete or something, you know, <laughs> oh my. but that's what that'll dislodge the, uh, dislodge the, um, uh, the calcium. So, yeah, that's my, one of my crazy things that I have to deal with. So. Well, tell you what, we're going to go kind of high speed. The first uh, segment was definitely fun because we got to go deeper dive into who you are because I really wanted the audience to know how great you are. But right. this is going to be a lot quicker, if you wouldn't mind, so we can get sure. to the trivia. So I wanted to um, make sure we definitely talked about the national ID, the disability ID card. So right. why don't we interject that right now just so we can take a, a dive into something that's really important to you. And then I want to circle back into the awards. Okay, great. So one of the... Um uh, the wheelchair 30 years ago became the symbol for disability because it was used for accessibility. And it was, you know, there's a curb cut out, there's a door, a door to use, a bathroom stall to use. Well, over the next 30 years, it became the symbol for disability. But what happens is about 85% of the people that have a disability don't use an assistive device like a wheelchair or crutches or cane. And so they get ridiculed for being fake, that they're lying about their illness. And so our vision has always been, how do we create this symbol? And so What's, what's exciting is, is the, our, our symbol for invisible disabilities is becoming the universal symbol for disability. In fact, the state of Alaska now actually uses it. If you want to self-disclose on a driver's license or a state ID, our symbol will be on there so that you can have a different interaction when you interact with a, um, a law enforcement or anybody that sees your state ID. Well, we actually have five states right now that have bills um, that are putting forth. Everything's kind of on hold because of COVID, but in Colorado, Alabama, uh, Utah, um, New York and Pennsylvania, and really that it creates a conversation. So our goal is uh, through the National Disability ID is to actually create we have created an ID card that actually does the same thing. Um, an ID card, if you can see, if you're watching the Zoom, we have these ID cards, and they're very simple and they're designed. You can order them any around, anywhere in the world, actually, um, on our website, invisibledisabilities.org. And it's just, it, you can put it on a lanyard. And if you walk into a store or you're on a bus or whatever, you pull it out. And people, are, our point is to eventually educate the world to say, how can I help you when they see that? And if you don't need help, you don't pull it out, you keep it in your wallet. And it's really designed just a simple way to, to start a conversation. And for them, people to ask you, how can I help you versus we thinking we know how to help people. So you have, over, go ahead. Uh, I used to work in law enforcement and that would be so helpful. So helpful for everyone to have that. Thank you. It's just going to be helpful anywhere. If you go in a big right. grocery store, instead of you having to track down somebody to help, you put that, you display that. And the first person in the door, which we hope to have them educated would say, Hey, how can I help you? Right. It's perfect. So um, what was I going to say? Shoot. I messed up. It was brilliant. Oh yeah. It was really brilliant. Well, it's I, will, I, will div I will divert to the, uh, the awards then for right now. So you have, oh, yes, that's what it was. You have uh, over 190,000 people on your Facebook page, if right. I recall. That's right. a heck of a following. And you've had the opportunity of meeting people that you may not have otherwise met had you not created this organization, that Facebook page. So would you mind bragging a little bit and giving a little shout out to some of the amazing people who have invisible disabilities who you've awarded uh, and or just attracted? Well, it's, it, is a, it's, it is incredible. You know, um, uh, I think about all the awards we've given over the years and uh, the, the impact that they've had um, through our, like, our Perseverance Award and our inspiration. I mean, people like Strobo, you know, he was Hercules, and people don't even know that he had three strokes in his 30s. 
Right? They have no idea. They thought, well, he's Hercules. He can get through anything, right? Um, but uh, there's there's just been a host of different um, – uh, Bob Woodruff, who received one of our awards. You know, Bob Woodruff, a great ABC News anchor who, you know, he was a, got uh, injured over in Iraq when he was embedded. So we give away Invisible Heroes Awards to a lot of great um, uh, um, people who are who are doing amazing things in the investor space. Um, Wow, I you know I did I don't have my list out here. But well, I'll tell you what we'll ta- we'll attach to this. But who was the gentleman you referred to that it was Hercules? <clears throat> oh, Kevin Sorbo. Okay, and then uh, you had mentioned some when we were talking. Maybe this will help your memory a little bit. But like the the singer of Firefall, right? So um, uh, Rick Roberts, who is the the founder of Firefall, actually had a traumatic brain injury back in like I think two thousand six. And uh, Rick actually received our Perseverance Award last year. And, you know, it's, it's, these are the crazy, amazing, uh, the awards that we've given. And um, Perseverance Award is a very interesting award. As a friend of mine who received it, she had been in a climbing accident, fell 120 feet, um, and broke, a, like, I don't know, 100 bones in her body or whatever. She said, I didn't know I could win an award for being a train wreck. And we're like, well, it's not about a train wreck. It, it's a bestowed award that you receive um, because – of, of getting these awards, right? Do you want to give her name? So, what now? Do you want to give her name? Yeah, yeah. Her name's Angela Pierce. Um, she's incredible. And her husband is uh, Antarctic Mike, is what we call him, because he's run back-to-back marathons in the Antarctic. You know, he's one of these crazy, crazy. guys. He is crazy. He, uh, how he about, actually did an uh, Ironman. Uh, he did an Ironman in a freezer. That's and, and 26 miles, 53 feet at a time, you know, two and a half miles in a dry suit in a swim spa and 120 miles on a spin bike, all in a freezer. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, he that was getting insane. chirotherapy at the same time. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, um, who was the person again, uh, Firefall, what's his name? Rick Roberts. And uh, for their audience, uh, you want to share the, the songs, uh, one or two songs that they did? Oh, You Are the Woman That I Always Dreamed Of. Yep, yep. Yeah. I love when you sing that to me, by the way, Wayne. Thank you. <laughs> but I'll give you some of the other Perseverance Award recipients. Please. Um, Laura Hillenbrand. Many of us have read the book or seen the movie Unbroken, right? Yep. What people don't know, or or Sea Biscuit, right? People don't know that that she has lived with chronic fatigue and other things for a lot of years, and it's borne out when she <laughs> writes. She's lived suffering, and her books are like incredible with that. Um, Scott Parker, he was a uh, the enforcer with the Avalanche here in Colorado. You know, he's got some traumatic brain injuries. Diane Van Deren. Now, Diane, Diane had, had epilepsy, and the only time that she wouldn't have seizures is when she would run. So she would run. And let me tell you what she runs. She ran the Iditarod pulling a sled. Okay, now, she didn't ride a sled being pulled by dogs. She pulled the sled, okay? But Are there dogs she, on it? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. But she had, a, she had to have surgery for the seizures, and what happened is the side effects of that is she can no longer tell time, distance, or um, uh, direction. And people think, oh, well, but she can run. Well, but the reality is imagine life where you couldn't tell time, distance, or direction. And so we always forget. We think, well, they can do this amazing thing over here, but we forget the invisible disabilities is about the visible nature of illness. Okay. It's the things that we don't see. It's the chronic pain. It's the brain fatigue. It's the, you know, the PTSD. It's all those things that are impacting us that we can't see. And so that's why these people win these amazing awards. And I wanted to tell you, and I, you know, we haven't really officially announced this other than on our website, but this year's amazing Perseverance Award recipient is going to be Barry Shore. And I think you know who Barry Shore is. <laughs> Just but here's bit. a guy who, who, you know, through a rare disease became a quadriplegic. And then he has come back from that, but he still even walks with what he calls his walking wand. But yes. he can't go upstairs. But people look at him and say, oh, he looks fine. But the reality is they don't know all those difficult things that he goes through in the back end. And so I'm just thrilled, you know, to be part of the keep smiling that, that Barry is about. It's incredible. Right. And so, you were on so his show recently. For those of you listening, Barry Shore is the co-founder with Ken Rashawn for the Keep Smiling movement. So there you go. And yeah, I was uh, on Barry's are- show, and that was, that was a treat, I can tell you. <laughs> it was a treat and a trip. Right. But I wanted to tell you. You know, Invisible Disabilities has been all volunteer until two years ago. I mean, when I say all volunteer, that's like me and a few other people, you know, a few board members and stuff. We've created this Ken international. Can feel your pain with that. Right, we've created this international organization, but we were blessed two years ago to bring on a gentleman, Jess, Jesse Stainbrook. And Jesse's an eight times Emmy Award winning film producer. And we are just doing some incredible stuff with video and even launched our Invisible Encourage 
live show during this difficult time. It's in courage. That's I in courage because you need courage when you're in the middle of the battle. And Ken, I can't wait because you're going to be on our show on the 23rd really talking yeah. about. But, you know, why wouldn't we be doing video when you have somebody amazing like Jess as your executive director now? Yeah, talk um, about his movies. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean. His movies, Seven Days in Utopia. Seven Days in Utopia, great inspirational movie. With you know, Robert um, Duvall. I mean, come on. Yeah, now. exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he loves doing documentaries about people's stories. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's what we're about is everybody has a story of a friend or family member living with an invisible disability. Young lady well, that you introduced. interested, I, I wrote a $23 million business plan that includes making a film about this whole, how Barry, how Ken, how Ken and I met, then Ken met Barry, and then uh, Ken decided, let's take these cards and make them crazy, and I made it into nonprofit, and here we are launching it. <coughs> Woo, so exciting. Exactly right. So I think you need Jess producing your film. I agree with you. I, was I think that, that was, I think that was kind of the, the direction of that conversation. <laughs> good. Of that good, good, good. What a mystery way of saying it, but Wow, exactly I think it's right. pretty clear now. <laughs> you were going to say. I was going to say, but you know what? Sometimes I can't follow my own thoughts if I don't say them right away. So what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Well, about a young lady. You me talking, Ken, you oh, yes, the young lady. The young lady that you uh, connected me with a week ago that was on Goalcast. First of all, her Goalcast is amazing, but share her name and who she is to you. On Goalcast? Tell yeah, me. remember the lady that you said would be perfect, her husband and her are uh, perfect for doing the Keith Smiling books. Ah, you're talking you're talking about Karen Buxman. Yes. I so couldn't Karen, remember her first name, so I didn't say it. That's why. Karen with a Y, by the yes. way. K-A-R-Y-N. So Karen is the world's first neurohumorist. Yes. And uh, oh, you she, told me about her. She she is absolutely incredible. She if you go to our Invisible Encourage Live past shows, you can get to that invisible encourage.live. And that's I encourage, by the way. Um, yeah, Karen's absolutely incredible. Um, a longtime friend of the organization, and uh, she can help people deal with this crazy crisis through the use of humor mm-hmm. and actually how you create your little tin, tin toolbox of humor things. And it's about seeing funny, not always about being funny. That's right. So I don't know how many minutes we have till the end, but I want to make sure we have enough time to uh, ask you some trivia questions as well. So probably you know, got about 13 minutes. Okay, 13 minutes, because without this chat, it's so probably you know, more like 11. It could be like it could be 10 and a half, honestly. Is it five minutes? I mean, come on, it's getting shorter by the minute. So, hey, by the way, kid, you know, we wrote a book. My wife and I wrote a book called But You Look Good. And it's really about um, uh, what to say, what not to say, because that's the biggest issue people talk about. How do I, what do I say? Because a lot of times what they say, as my wife says, sometimes comes, hurts more than the illness, right? Right. So we want to help an invisible disability, help people learn the language of invisible disabilities. How do you interact, Right. You know, if you always ask a friend who's been in pain, how are you feeling? They're, all, they're either going to lie to you or they're going to tell you the truth you don't want to hear. But if you ask them how they're doing, then you give them an opportunity to actually talk through that. And I want to commend you because when you guys first had the title, it was your butt looks good. And, and so that was such a great transformation of moving that to the title that would really work. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they said not in those jeans. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my, my, my wife is a babe. I can tell you that. <laughs> I think we've gathered that from those gorgeous comments you made a couple times. In yeah, a row. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little envious. I told Wayne even before the show because he talks so miraculously about her. It's pretty cool. So your book is coming out uh, in a week, and it will not do justice to the greatness you've created. But then we've only been working on your book for the last thirty days or so. That would and be the Keep Smiling book, right? Yes, not exactly. my other one. Not your other one, right? And by the way, thank you very much for the introduction to Jeff. Uh, you can share his last name. Jeff Van Coten. Yes, we have his book coming out very soon, likely in around middle of June. And um, tell me the title of that book. That was a really cool uh, topic. Um, yeah, it's actually called Vibrantly Mortal, um, Why Engaging Death Enriches Life. And he, he spends his days as a hospice chaplain. And right. so it's going to be a very interesting – I mean, this is a really critical time for a book like this to come out. Yes, it is. It's very poignant, um, especially since the Keep Smiling movement, we're all about mental health. And, you know, 264 million people have uh, depression and 800,000 people a year commit suicide. Since we've been 
promoting that that's what we're really about. I've had people reaching out to me and through our ambassador page who've admitted to um, even a 17-year-old young man who's a friend of mine uh, just wrote last night that he had attempted a couple months ago. And, Mm. you know, these are people that we had no idea that were struggling. And so the opportunity for all of like your friend um, and what you're doing with Invisible Disabilities is just really giving people an opportunity to smile again. So thank Thank you. You You know, that brings up a great point, Andrea. I was talking to a, a friend of mine I hadn't talked to honestly since before COVID and he decided to come over and we talked and he was talking about uh, conspiracy theories and all this stuff that's, you know, people are going into tangents about, you know, is this man-made? Is this this? Is this? And they're going through a lot of trauma and a lot of stress because they're talking about really the bad stuff. And he says, you don't seem to be affected. And, I, and it's really a very important point. Like if you let your mind direct its attention to conspiracy theory and drama and stress and everything, you're actually killing yourself. And not only that, you're not even enjoying the ride while you're killing yourself. So I think uh, this Keep Smiling movement next week, hopefully will reach, you know, tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people and awake them that they have a choice in where their mind goes. And if they let their mind go to love, as Barry would say, and as, as Jess and Wayne would want, uh, they're going to actually enjoy the journey, but they're also going to inspire others to enjoy yeah, well, hope is really about somebody living in the midst of tragedy or, or difficulties, helping somebody else in the midst of it as well, right? That's hope. It's not hope for a cure because a cure may never come in right. some sense. It's the hope that humanity has an opportunity to love one another. Right. And uh, it, it's, it's so interesting that it's a choice every second. I, you know, I have a, a, a white paper in my, or my cupboard that says happiness is a choice every second. It's just really simple. It's a, it's a choice every single second. So um, let's go to trivia because I don't oh. want, I don't oh, want this. No. De- <laughs> so I need to know, I need to know the square root of 16. So let's just start there. Of 60? It's probably something like 7.7 something. That's from his son's homework, by the way. I think it's like 7.8 something or probably or something like that. It is exactly that. And and they actually, the the calculator actually says something after that. So that's really wild. All right. let's go. All right. Here you go, young man. So um, first thing I always love to talk about, since you are an author and you have some books, what is a book that changed your life or two? Briefly. Um, probably first book is the the call by Oz Guinness. Um, it's about a, a search of meaning and purpose in your life, and and That's Oz Guinness was actually the great grandson of uh, uh, the Guinness breweries. Don't try and get out of trivia questions by making them long answers. Okay. All right, okay. So have, oh, the other one would be um, uh, On Fire by John O'Leary. Nice. Um, John oh, that is burn over hundred percent of his body. Yeah. And, and no one can. Day. No one has ever been burned over hundred percent, but he was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John's incredible. Okay, cool. Andrea? What's a song that really gets you jazzed up and gets you moving? Uh, a song gets me jazzed up. How about It's a Wonderful World? That is a nice one. It's a wonderful um, world. Without, without um, the obvious of Seven Days in Utopia, what is a movie or two that inspires you? Um, probably my favorite of all is Chariots of Fire. That is a great one. I, I absolutely love Chariots of Fire. I haven't um, heard that one in a while. That's yeah, a cool and there's a, a recent one that, we really, that I really enjoy called Extraordinary Measures. Um, and, and you're supposed to watch greatness. Remember that? I did watch greatness. Awesome. 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 Yes. <laughs> you uh, know, it's a very good movie. Thank you. But, thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, there you go. Cool. Andrea. What is a superhuman power you would like to have? Ah, uh, superhuman power. Um, uh, flying would be pretty dang cool. <laughs> Fly me to the moon. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking you were going to say invisible. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to be invisible. <laughs> Right. All right. What's a quote you live by? Quote I live by. Um, uh, quote I live by. Uh, let's see. Uh, rejoice in suffering. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Cool. Okay. All right. So uh, my question is: uh, introduce uh, your goat children by saying their names. Oh, pumpkin pie and cookies and cream. Those are my kids. <laughs> Pumpkin are, and, actually, pumpkinandcookie.com, right? You can go to the adventures of pumpkinandcookie.com. They're, they're, they they're therapy goats for my wife. Okay. And uh, who's your hero and one that you would like to meet? Oh, here, who's my hero and one I'd like to meet? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, my hero is my bride. Sherry is really, truly my hero. Hence the reason I said two parts there. <laughs> but who, who would I like to meet? Oh, my goodness. 
I don't know. There's a lot of people I'd like to meet. You can I'm trying two. to even think of. You can do two. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a, I'm really going to take a pass on this one. Sorry. I, I'm not good because I don't think about this at a, you know, I just we'll, love we'll, hey, we'll, we'll, we will come back to that if you wish. Otherwise, you can put it in the notes later and after the show. All right. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to put it yes. in the notes later after yes, the show. We so. consider it like making a wish. If you if we don't make a wish, we can't help you make it come true. Yeah, it's funny, and and he's going to oh, have my his, goodness. Yeah, he's going to have his hundred people in his. In actually, his you know, one of the people I I would actually I'm here in Colorado, and um, you know, if you look at some of the companies I've worked with over the years and those things, and and the founder of Walden Media, I, I'd actually really love to spend a few minutes of time with Phil Anschutz. What's the cool. name? Phil Anschutz. He founded values.com, which is a incredible, uh, you know, there's a guy who just uh, loves people. And if you've watched any of the Walden media movies, they're just <clears throat> unbelievable. Cool. Thank you. All right. Uh, uh, it's your turn, isn't it? Ken? No, no, no. I just, Oh, uh, okay. So as a child, what was the, what did you want to grow up and be? Um, an engineer like my dad and my brother. So, All right. Well, I think we're getting pretty close to the end of the show because we have no chat. We have no way of actually knowing. I'm going to say we're within we might two have or three, three minutes. minutes. About three minutes. Okay. So first of all, I want to thank you for being the voice of so many that need a voice. And I also want to thank you for being uh, a leader and a hero. And we're so excited that we got to amplify you and partner with you. And during next week, I can't wait to highlight you as a person that actually causes an just an amazing amount of smiles. So thank you, Wayne. Well, I'm, I'm just honored to be on here and grateful. Yeah. Cool. We've got him on a bunch of radio shows. It'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to the outreach that all you guys are going to be doing. This is super exciting. I do right. love smiling and I miss hugs. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, we have, too. we have two people, we have two authors coming out. Um, Luann, who is I hug and uh, she has a book that I'll make Luann sure I get. Buchler. Yeah, and we'll connect you to her. And then we have Tina Weiss, who has Hugs and Smiles. Hugs and Smiles. So Hugs both of those are authors. Foundation. Yep, and they're coming out next week. So those are two people we'll connect to you as well, Wayne. All right, oh, Andre, if, if you'll give us the uh, lovely sponsorship exit. Absolutely. You've been listening to Amplified with Ken Rashan. I'm executive producer Andrea Adams-Miller. And today we interviewed Wayne Cannell. And we want to thank our sponsors, Voice America Influencer Channel, The Red Carpet Connection, The Umbrella Syndicate, Big Events USA, and of course, The Keep Smiling Movement. And we are looking forward to spending the next week spreading smiles just like we will every day of the year. See you next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.